Welcome to Engineering Fields of Dreams podcast. We're here to share stories and professional experiences of engineers across disciplines and let you explore the amazing world of engineering. Each episode, you'll hear inspiring stories and advice from engineers, allowing you to learn from their successes and experiences. Whether you're an engineering student, a veteran engineer, or just curious about engineering, we invite you to join us and explore the amazing and ever-changing world of engineering. Welcome to this episode, Being the Best You, with our guest, Yoon. Thank you for being here today. Yoon, would you please introduce yourself to our audience? Hi, my name is Yoon Chung, and I have been in program management working with engineering teams for quite a long time, so grateful and blessed to be part of of your program here, Matt. Thanks. So how did you get into program management in the engineering area? You know, it's, I, I sometimes get asked this question. I honestly don't think I chose this field. It really, like, I was reflecting in terms of just my life. And as you develop as a, as a professional, as a leader, you look at kind of the skills and attributes that make you uniquely who you are as a person. And it, they transfer throughout your entire life. You see it probably tested the most in college, whether you're undergrad, grad school. But you know what? What are the attributes that really make you who you are? And as a program manager working with engineers and just delivering software features and value to our users, for me, it's about moving forward in a way that you can accept and moving forward with your team. And I've always enjoyed keeping things organized, but keeping things fun, and making sure you balance what is delivering for results versus humanity. And oftentimes. It really drew me in the most because we have a wonderful opportunity to change the the work experience we work with. I use the example program managers, especially when you're working with engineers, they're like the boiler room. You know, when it's working fine, great. No one cares. You're getting your hot water, you're feeling refreshed, you can take your baths, but when it doesn't work, everyone knows. And it is quite literally like a cold shower, and then you realize, oh crap, we need help getting things moving forward. And I like that, you know, as a kid growing up reading comics and, and you know, it's kind of nice to play the hero once in a while. But for me, I loved playing that supporting hero role of just making people feel good about themselves and being able to make engineers feel like, hey, I'm kicking butt and I can deliver stuff. Usually translate to agile principles or some type of project management. But it really, in the end, it's just how do you make your team the best? and make them deliver quality code and quality value to our users. And for me, that was kind of that was kind of my calling in terms of like, there's a field for this? I got to do this. Two and a half decades later, still here and still kicking, uh, still kicking things up wherever I can, sir. So, and it seems like communication is a huge part of that, Absolutely. what you were just talking about and really having open communication with the team to help them understand what needs to be delivered and helping them also communicate what they need mm-hmm. to be able to do their job. Communication's easily the most important thing. And I can't say that without exaggeration And because how do you establish good relations with individuals so that your communication is is seen in a very inclusive way, establishing the right relations and building that level of trust and empathy. 
if you use that as a foundation, all your communications will start to feel more authentic and have more integrity. And so it's not about, oh, I broke, I broke the pipe, pipeline, or, oh, shoot, I've got some blockers versus, why are you blocked? What can I do to help? And just inviting that conversation. I mean, engineers work with user experience designers all the time. Probably the most important user experience is a simple, hi, hello. And that's why communication is at its core, which is I'm grateful that you know, professionals such as you and others really emphasize that within the technological fields. We need to really invest in how we communicate our engineering community. Mm -hmm. And is that something you would say that you wish you knew before graduation or something that you learned along the way? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If there's one thing that I really learned and I wish I had known before graduation, everything is negotiable. Everything should be fair game and you should not be afraid to question things. And especially for introverts, maybe we're a little bit shyer, you're always hesitant to like maybe push back. And I'm Asian. And so even culturally, you know, you don't want to be the nail that sticks up because that gets hammered down. But mm -hmm. as leaders within your field, as many of you who aspire to be influencers in your communities of engineering and technology, we have to create that psychological safety of environment to say, it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to negotiate. It's okay to say, I cannot, I can't code review everything here. I need trust comes from a place of vulnerability first sometimes. And I wish I had known that because I tried to do everything. Mm -hmm. And all you end up doing is burning yourself out. Your only reward for one death march is another death march. And so mm -hmm. negotiate, question, ask. And that's the first tactical things you can do to improve your communication because you should you should manage yourself the way you want to be managed by your manager. And then, you know, it's some people call it managing up. I'm like, no, make sure you're managed the way you want to be managed to the best of your power. You don't get bulldozed in your early 20s. Have a voice is all I can say. And I wish I had known that. And it's one of the few first things I always tell people, aside from travel and make sure you eat well. Mm -hmm. Well, those are very important. <laughs> I think... I think you really hit on a good point with about also being willing to be vulnerable. I think sometimes, especially at the beginning of their career, people have this idea of perfection and, and it can cause early burnout by trying to aspire to this level of perfection when people can be very accepting of mistakes. If you're humble about it and learn from it and do better and, and, and strive mm -hmm. to do better. I think people see that. Absolutely. It, it's the sense of fear that really just invades our mind. And, you know, imposter syndrome is a real thing. It doesn't matter what level of experience, but I was talking to a, a few of my mentees in the past. And if there's one other advice or guiding principle I'd give is especially as you enter the professional workforce, you are given so much more latitude to ask the awkward questions like, what does that acronym mean? You know, you probably think you should know it, but trust me, there's plenty of people who don't, but it's okay to ask those questions that might make you feel vulnerable because you should just get it out of the way and just release the ego in many regards. So mm -hmm. when I say ask questions, it's okay to ask, you know, sometimes thing is a dumb question. Sometimes there are, but you got to do it. And mm -hmm. that's how you grow. And so in the, as a person graduates, we have this saying that if you want to innovate, people who embrace risk usually lead to innovation. 
because you're not afraid to take the chance. And that goes down a lot, even to the communication of the questions. You're not afraid to take a risk of asking what might be an awkward question, as long as it's morally, social, ethically legal for you to say right. it. But I asked even a dumb question not too long ago. I was like, Kate, what the hell is it Kubernetes? And I'm like, all right, I feel like an idiot, but I had to ask, thanks. And so it doesn't matter how far you in your career is, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Get used to it. And you're, you're, your heart and soul will thank you more for creating that muscle of asking the awkward questions. Mm-hmm. So the next question, I know we kind of touched on it before we started the podcast. Mm-hmm. Can you recall a challenging situation and what did you learn from it? Yeah, no, this, this, is, this is a great question. Adversity breeds strength in many regards. There are many moments, but I, I, as I reflected, especially on this question, I, previous to my current position now, I, I was at Airbnb and I, I was happy. But I, what I didn't realize was I was just working myself way too hard. I was putting myself under a lot more stress and it really started getting to me. And like many people during the pandemic, shelter in place, social isolation, it's hard. And so what happens to people when they think I got to do more, I got to do more is you forget basic necessities, sleep, diet, just talking to people, having Mm. chocolate every now and then. And I hit a point where it's like, I started losing hair from alopecia. I started developing a heart condition and I had to make the, a tough decision. And I, I resigned with nothing really set up because I had to focus on health and life and my kids and my wife, probably one of the more challenging professional situations I've been in, because I have to accept the stigma in my own pride to say, am, am I quitting? Am I weak? It sucks. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm at a point in my career where people envied it. You're running a PMO at Airbnb, magnificent company in the news, helping people in Afghanistan and the Ukraine and accessibility and anti-discrimination. And you're leaving. And I said, yeah, I have to, because I don't want to die. Yeah. Like, and it, and, it, and it hit me hard in the beginning. And then Afterwards, I realized, you know what? I did not do a good job taking care of myself in terms of just my health physically and mentally. It was tough just to reflect back, but I'm at a great company now and I'm focusing more on my mind and my health. And in the past, I would never have time to do these type of engagements, whether it's speaking at conferences or podcasts and stuff, but now I do. And I feel that's one of the first things that people should really invest in if they really want to go, because I forget what survey was that said, what is it, what is defining traits that would make for excellent leaders as you grow? Endurance is easily up there. You have to, you have to last. And I failed that aspect. And now I realized, oh, I got to take care of myself. So I'm exercising more. I'm watching what I eat. And I've tried to get at least seven, eight hours of sleep a night, which is harder when you have three kids and a puppy. Mm-hmm. But in the last six, seven months, I've seen just a huge just turnaround for me. Like, I just feel good about myself as a human being, as a father, as a husband. So, so much of work-life balance is really, if you just take out the work and the balance, it's about being, it's about life and how you live your life. And that translates to your personal and your professional, your intellectual, your spiritual. You know, top three things I'd say from a 
reflecting back, challenging position, sleep, talk to your friends, ask for help. And, you know, listen to your body is, is probably the best advice that I learned in the last couple of years. And hopefully, you know, it sticks to some of y'alls who might be listening to this because you don't want to be in a portion where you're just burnt out and start developing anxiety and fear or just even opening your Slack or your email messages, um, which I've heard from many people. I was a talk I gave to the Philippines around anxiety and the use of social media. We forget about human interaction. And the most challenging thing about our profession, working with engineers, is sometimes you lose that because you're hands down keyboard. Yeah. So that that's, I still reflect on it because is it a walk away from a lot of equity? Yeah. But uh, I have no regrets. I literally have no regrets about it because money can money can be made, people. Money can be made with hard work, being a good human being, be nice to animals, and trying to strive for social good. So you know, be good. Don't be bitter. Be better. Yeah. So. yeah, I think that's a great message for our listeners to hear. And I think, you know, the stigma of burnout, we're finally talking about it. I think as a Gen Xer, we come from the generation where we didn't have role models that talked about those types of things. Mm -hmm. And now it's discussed more openly, you know, going to therapy, recognizing the signs and getting help. Mm -hmm. And I think too, it's important to recognize, as you alluded to, how, you know, social isolation with the pandemic, you know, really, really took a hit on people and, and how that was, you know, harder for some people than others. You you had the three kids, the puppy and the wife, you know, for me still being single, it was really challenging in different ways because, you know, I was no longer seeing my coworkers in the office by mm-hmm. week and stuff like that. So it was a really big change. As a, you know, as, 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 as an educator, a professor of, you know, you've taught and lectured hundreds, if not thousands of students in your career. And then to go from that interaction just to read the nonverbal body language yeah to a electronic signal that's that's tough and that's it just was. for me it was hard but i could only imagine for educators where that's their that's their bread and butter yeah i mean i, I tip my hat to you matt in terms of just making it through because i i've heard i've had many friends in education that they really struggled yeah. just teaching over zoom and uh, Google Hangouts and stuff. So, you know, you know, good for you, sir. Yeah. But hopefully we're, we're on the other side and there's no more lockdowns. And <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> yeah. So one, one pandemic in a lifetime is enough. Yeah, exactly. So to close and wrap this up, you've offered a lot of great advice, but is there any other advice you would like to impart in closing as parents start their careers? Yeah. Anyone uh, in general starting their career? I gave similar advice to folks at Cornell and Michigan and a few other programs. And it still stays true today. And, you know, if you ask me like, what is that? What is a regret that I wish I had done in my professional career, but I tell everyone else travel, travel the world people. We, we, we have, we, I believe in leading with optimism and, you know, to quote star Wars, rebellions are built on hope. And I'm a hopeful person that each and everyone who is a human being here as well as edu- people in education, all the folks in University of Arizona and other places, um, travel the world and see and understand other cultures. I think the message of inclusivity 
is goes so much more than just ethnicity, race, orientation. It's about do you see the other person? Do they see you? Are you being heard? And when you travel the world and you experience different cultures, it really opens your mind. I mean, in technology here within the Bay Area, much less the United States, it is a very U.S. bias in terms of how we think of even even when you th- ask your audience. When I say, you know, currency, most people might think within their own country, dollar sign, yen sign, euro. How can we change it so that we can be more globally minded in the work that we do? Which ties into what you message around communication. How do you create a more global, communicative, that's a community? And you start with just traveling. Like, enjoy life, see the world. And, you know, if I had to give you a second advice, is fall in love. It doesn't have to be with a person. Fall in love with a hobby, fall in love with something, but enjoy and know what it means to love because hopefully you will have found something that you love to do, mm-hmm. whether it's to teach, whether it's to help people move forward, maybe to be the boiler room for your engineering teams. <laughs> um, but travel and be in love. And, you know, if you're lucky, you know, you, you've found your calling in life and it starts from there. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree 100%. And, you know, one of the things I noticed with my traveling early on and why I've prioritized it was I saw all these people who, who waited till retirement and they were having a hard time walking around and seeing the monuments and it was a struggle for them. Exactly. They did it when they were younger. It would have been a different experience. Mm -hmm. So one of my, one of my accomplishments, I knocked off in 2018 was I visited my last continent. So I visited all seven. Good and, for you. That's awesome. Yeah. It was a bucket list thing. And so I I, I knocked off the last one in 18. And so that was really great. Good Just for you. before the pandemic and no travel. <laughs> mm, indeed. That's awesome. Well thank you very much for your time today, Yoon. And thank it was you. a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me and please go out and travel fall in love with something and you know, may your days be better and brighter as we go into the new year. We'd like to thank today's guests for sharing their professional experience and career advice. We appreciate their insight and taking the time to share them with our audience. To you, the listener, thank you for joining us on this journey and exploring the ever-evolving world of engineering. We hope we've inspired you to pursue your dreams and ambitions. Let us know if there are topics or fields you'd like to hear more about. Until next time, we wish you the best of luck on your engineering journey.